0: Oh. hallelujah yeah This is Bobby Okereke,
1: inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I am your host, producer, content coordinator for the Blue Stable, joined by me as always, Culture Shock, man. Uh, we kind of had a few days to get over the tie and everything, came away with some uh, you know, more educated opinions, obviously since we last spoke and how you feeling going into week two?
2: I'm feeling better than, uh, that I was in week one. I'm not going to lie. You know, in the first half of week one, I was like, we're getting the same Colts, but you know, at the sec, the second half made me feel better about myself going into this week. So I'm definitely excited and I can't wait, man. Let's get it.
1: Definitely guys. And as always, if you love the blue stable podcast on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast Please leave a like, subscribe on the channel. We always appreciate the support, guys. And if you have any uh, questions or concerns or even any comments, make sure you drop those down below in the comment section as we get started with the preview show. Colts heading back to Jacksonville. Man, we all remember what happened last Jacksonville. We don't need to get into all the little gory details, but let's just say it was an embarrassment. And since then, obviously, these two teams have gone through some changes. Jacksonville has has made some changes for the better honestly you know Trevor Lawrence had a real tough year last year obviously with the whole Urban Meyer distractions the offensive line the lack of weapons and then the defense you know who was the leader on that team and he was a leader period in the locker room so what they've done they went out and added Christian Kirk they added Zay Jones, who was a stud. He was from, in you know, uh Las Vegas last year. Definitely helped them get to the playoffs with Derek Carr and company. And then they uh, are getting Travis Etienne back, which we saw had a big game against Washington, uh, trying to, you know, beat Carson Wentz. But obviously Carson Wentz had a big game against them, went in a little motivated. Uh, maybe there was a little motivation from what happened in, in the last game of last year. But nonetheless, man, this team looks good. Their first-round picks, you know, Devin Lloyd, Utah, out of linebacker. Their corner, Tyson Campbell, who was out of Georgia a couple years ago, he had an interception on Sunday. You could just see some talent starting to make some plays in Jacksonville. And honestly, went back and watched the game uh, against Washington earlier today. (sighs) Man, Jacksonville is going to be tough. I'll say that right now. So uh, going into their injury concerns, Jacksonville doesn't really have much of them. Uh, you know, I, I was looking before we got on here and I didn't really see much, a couple questionable guys, but nothing really too concerning on the Colts end of things. I mean, man, I, I, the Colts practice report came out earlier today, guys, and it, it didn't look all the way pretty DeForest Buckner, our all pro defensive tackle has been out of practice the last two days. You're listening to this on Friday. We are recording Thursday night. We do not have an update at all. We don't, we're not, it's, it's, Uh. we're recording Thursday. Like I said, all we know is that he's missed two days of practice. And then you have Alec Pierce who d- developed later on after the game uh concussion symptoms. So he did not practice on Wednesday, but he was a limited participant on Thursday. So, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but if you go from did not participate to limited participant, I kind of like your, 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 you know, progression. But again, it's a concussion. I'm not a medical expert, so I'm not even going to attempt to put a percentage on the chances of Alec Pierce being out there week two. And then to double down at receiver, our star, Michael Pittman Jr. has a quad issue. He was limited Wednesday, did not participate today, Thursday. I, I This one's got me nervous, Marcus. This one's got me nervous. Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore going from limited to full on out from practice uh it's a hip issue i mean do we say he's a big loss after the last three games he's had not trying to kick him while he's down marcus but is he a big loss
2: i would say yes i would still say yes uh due to you know what he can do on the field and his his presence uh especially at the position he plays i think it plays a huge role on that defense for sure Um, I definitely feel like it was going to be an adjustment going into this week if he was healthy of his play style of what they were going to do because it was just week one and you know week one you get to see it feel things out see how it goes and then week two you start to kick it up a notch a little bit start to adjust the schemes and figure out things especially in these practices and everything but with him being out I feel like it's going to be a huge miss. But we do have replacements that can step into that role and probably have an even better outing than what he may produce. But like I said, it's just an adjustment period at, uh, from week one to week two. But I definitely think his presence will be missed.
1: Definitely, definitely. And I mean, we're not trying to sit here and say he's out. Like, he, we we don't know that for sure yet. Uh, if there was somebody to take his place, I mean, did you notice? I didn't even notice after the game. Isaiah Rogers didn't see a single defensive snap. It was just straight-up special teams, which is – which is odd because Isaiah has talent. I think he needs to be out there on defensive snaps. So, Stefan and uh, Brandon Faison getting all of those defensive reps was definitely interesting uh, to say the least. Now, uh, Shaquille Leonard is obviously back. Well, no, I wouldn't say back, but he has been a full go at practice. All week so far, Wednesday, Thursday has been a, has been a uh, full go. So we'll hope for some good news on that, that the Maniac is hopefully back in Jacksonville. Other than that, guys, talking about the Jaguars here a little bit, man. They – their defensive line, okay? Josh Allen, we all know who he is, but Trayvon Walker, that number one overall pick out of Georgia, right? Man, those two had a really good game last week. You know, they went up again. It's a Washington – Got a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz. They were beating uh, Charles Leno. Charles Leno, Samuel Cosme. And they were just winning a lot of reps, man. And this kind of... It gets me a little nervous. It gets me a little nervous because we've seen how Braden Smith has played in the last, what, handful of games. Matt Pryor, I didn't think he was too much of a problem, but going back and watching some of the tape, yeah, he he did... Lose more reps than I gave him credit for. Um, on on Sunday when we get, did the post game, he lost more reps, and getting the ball out quick definitely helped with some of that in the fourth quarter. But this is where I'm kind of concerned because this can be a huge deciding factor who and who wins this game. These guys, they have depth, obviously. samson Ibukam, who was a solid vet, uh, signed in free agency. They're gonna try and get pressure all down Matt Ryan, Marcus, t- tell me, t- tell me what, what, what's your opinion? How is your feeling? What What's your gut telling you? Braden Smith, Matt Pryor, how do you see, how do you feel these guys will fare in Jacksonville against this duo? Uh, they're going
2: to struggle. Um, absolutely. And it's no shame in saying that uh, because you know, the Colts O-line usually do struggle against Jacksonville in Jacksonville. So this is nothing new to us. Um, but I definitely think this game is going to be a statement game and fills out who's going to be on the offensive line for the remainder of the season. This could be an adjustment game, depending on how Matt Pryor plays and how Brady Smith plays, because something's going to have to change eventually if they do continue to struggle. Uh, this could be Bernard Rahman's, uh you know, come out game if he gets replaced, uh, if he replaces Pryor and he has him a good outing. But this doesn't take away from Pryor because he can have him get, a good game as well. But they're going to need some type of protection against this Jacksonville front. Uh, we all know how they're familiar with the name Saxonville. I feel like they still give that pressure out on a week-to-week basis, especially last year. You've seen that game they had against Buffalo. Flat out dogs and the offseason that they they always have a good offseason in free agency, especially all the money they spent on the offensive and defensive side. I feel like they can definitely put some pressure on the Colts. So this is gonna be a wake-up call for the Colts. They're gonna to have to step up and show out for sure on that offensive line.
1: And that's just talking about the tackles. On the interior, Jacksonville can attack them there too because, again, Ryan Kelly also has struggled a little bit the last few games. I think Danny Pinter possibly had the best day in Houston or maybe Quentin Nelson had the best day. Danny Pinter was right behind him in that department. Prior Smith, Kelly did struggle a little bit from uh, everything that I saw re-watching the game on the All-22. But switching, going inside here a little bit, Devon Hamilton is a guy who, I believe he was a fourth round or a third round pick out of Ohio State for Jacksonville. And he has he has developed a little bit slower than what you have wanted, but he's here now. He's making plays, and he was penetrating Houston's run game. He was penetrating. He was even getting some rushes in, you know, trying to get some quarterback hurries on Carson Wentz. That, that one right there. Because I'm pretty sure he's going to see mostly um, – kelly or pinter i'm pretty sure he's gonna see one of those two guys nose tackle i'm kind of worried because again i'm sorry to say it, but this offensive line has not given us too many reasons to believe in them over the last handful of games or even the last season over the last 18 games they just haven't given us enough to say this unit they can dominate and the rush the speed on the outside allen and uh walker And then you got solid vets behind them. And then you got inside. That's going to be a deciding factor. Those two definitely uh, Kelly definitely has to have a bounce back game in this one Pryor Smith. uh, They definitely have to have a huge bounce back game with Pryor, We saw Bernard Ryman was uh, subbing in and out again. I I don't get the point of that. If you're just going to sub him in because you don't like how prior looks, stop wasting everybody's time and just start the guy like just stop wasting everybody's time we're in the season already if you thought what you have thought all preseason you should have made named bernard ryman the starter so instead of wasting everybody's time you know not letting bernard ryman build chemistry and cohesion with the offensive line start him already and stop this back and forth that left tackle because i frank is gonna come out and Chris Bell is going to come out. They're going to say the right things about, oh, we believe in Pryor. But, man, Ryman's just too talented to, you know, leave on the sideline. Bull crap. Name me another. Marcus, what other team out there is shuffling in left tackles?
2: I I, I really don't know. Uh, I think the Colts is probably the only team on both sides that's really weird with their processes.
1: Yes. It, and th- just like, like you said, due process it, is what irritates me about the Colts because they just waste so much time in making decisions that we see coming from a mile away we see coming from a mile away they told us week two prior solidify the left tackle spot and in week one is already getting subbed out with a raw rookie dude come on man like we we already know where this is headed you're gonna name Bernard Ryman the starter Stop wasting everybody's time. Stop wasting Pryor's time so that way he can get in the groove of, okay, if I need to step in at right tackle, right guard, left guard, get him in that mode, okay? Bernard Ryman did look good in the 18 total snaps he was in. But, man, stop wasting everybody's time. Start the guy already. We know you want to. Just do it. That's my little soliloquy for that that one. But definitely, Bernard Ryman will see some time. I'm interested to see how he'll look against Trayvon Walker, by the way. Because, man, Walker, he had a real good day against Washington. I will say that. So, uh, moving on here for the Colts defense. All right. What I saw from the Jaguars is a much improved pass game. Much improved pass game. Trevor Lawrence definitely looked the part Sunday, but also getting rid of LaVisca Chanel. Shout out, shout out, Visca, man. I, I don't have anything against him. I just don't think he was he should have been their pick in the second round. I'll, I'll say that. I think they could have used that on someone else. Uh, but going out and getting Christian Kirk, going out and getting a vet and Zay Jones, former Eastern Carolina product, getting that, elevating the passing game is definitely helping, just elevating talent. And you know, another thing, Marcus, adding, getting back, Travis Etienne, that dude was a weapon on Sunday. What did you see from Travis Etienne and, you know, are you? Are, is he the guy you're most worried about in this offense? Because he is for me. I'll say it right now. He's the guy I'm most worried about on Sunday.
2: Um, to be honest, I think I think the Colts will have a fair decent job with them uh stopping Etienne on the run. It's the receiving side because with with the new head coach that the Jaguars have and the scheme that they run, it's like college style based. Can the Can the Colts def- defense keep up with that tempo? That's the real question because. They're gonna they're gonna run five wide. They're gonna spread out the offense. They're gonna switch it up a little bit. And you know them having so much familiarity with Frank Reich in the off season. You know showing up to the training camps and stuff like that. And then hiring the coach that was out there with Frank. It's kind of like him figuring out the team before he even signs with the Jaguars. So. I'm pretty sure he's going to have something up his sleeve and they're going to figure something out. And then they're going to use Etienne as much as possible because he's such a high-value product on that offense. He's very talented, sneaky good, and he shows some type of flashes that you would want to see the Colts use with Naheem Hines. I'm pretty sure they're like like dang near identical and they're both super talented and they're super quick. So I'm I'm more worried about him in a pass game than rushing.
1: Yeah, yeah, ETN is their guy that's out of the backfield, you know, catching the ball. James Robinson is their, you know, their downhill guy. If it's third and one, they get the ball to him. And, hell, he even had a really good uh, 12-yard touchdown run against Washington where he just found the hole, had great vision, made a couple cuts, and got into the end zone and made it a pretty good game in the fourth quarter there. My thing is, and I didn't even mention this guy, they did add Evan Ingram at the tight end position. Now, say what you will, he does struggle. He struggles as a route runner, struggles as a blocker, has some bad days. But there's that one day, that one day that can be had. There's that one day that he has a year where everybody in fantasy enjoys him, And then the rest of the 16 games, they bench him. All right. This can't be one of those games. Okay. This, this can't be. And this is such a huge game to possibly get Shaquille Leonard back. Possibly because we did see it. You know, a little bit of the linebackers did fail on a couple of their assignments in Houston, especially up those seams. You saw it. That's really what the touchdowns came from for Houston. Jacksonville's going to test Julian Blackman. Cover three, single high safety, they're going to test them. You know, I don't care. I'm not sure if there's a guy on Jacksonville that you just shadow with Stephon Gilmore. I think you just stick each guy on each side and whoever you get is whoever you get. But other than that, this defense. The defense has just had what I wouldn't say they've had poor moments in Jacksonville, obviously last year. But times like 2018, you held them to six points, but your offense scored zero. I can't put that on our defense. They held them to six points at home. 2019 can't really blame it on them either, because the offense was struggling with Jacoby Brissett couldn't really move the ball much. And then you had 2020, 2021, obviously last year. So this is an area where that worries me. You know, their offensive line looks the part, not not the part like, oh my gosh, they, they can shut down anybody. Washington didn't have Chase Young, okay? But what I saw, first half, they play well. They protect Trevor Lawrence well. But as the game goes on,
0: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: The longer the game goes on, you started to see it. The pocket is collapsing a little bit more, little bit more, little bit more. So don't be surprised if in the first half the pass rush really isn't going well. But then in the second half, it can turn on. Okay, that probably wasn't a good snap. I'm just going to snap, all right? I'll trying to get it, all right? But that was a huge fail on my part. Marcus, does the... Pass rush came up a little bit small in Houston for the Colts, but obviously Quidi turned it up. This is a game where not only is it another shot at redemption, but Yannick Ngakwe's return to Jacksonville. Obviously his issues were with uh, Tony Khan, the son of uh, the the main father, uh, that Khan. I'm forgetting his first name, but the actual owner, obviously Tony Khan is not really with the Jaguars anymore. He's over there doing his wrestling stuff, which he's doing a great job at, by the way. Yannick Ngakwe's return to Jacksonville. I need him to take care of Cam Robinson. I need him to whip Cam Robinson.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, the pass rush definitely improved in the second half, and that's why I feel a little bit better going into this week. Uh, but I feel like, you know, Yannick could have a presence at this moment, and I feel like it's going to be like a, a ripple effect. If Yannick can go crazy, they're gonna to have to try to double him. Then that means the Buckner can have himself a game if he plays. If not, I feel like Grover Stewart did good enough Week One. He'll have another good another good week if he's out there more than normal. It's all depending on these games. Just depends on who's gonna fit well in this new scheme that we're running with Gus. So these games are still experiment games, in my opinion. It's still early, and they're still winnable, especially against a team in Jacksonville that we can barely beat at their home this could be a turnaround moment because we've seen the potential of how the offense can look when Matt Ryan actually runs the system and they're catching the football. All of these things are going to play a huge role going into this week, but for the uh, defensive line and the pass rush, I feel like for sure they're going to have a big impact because this is the same, uh, this is the same team. We had hurricane dial debut and had that strip fumble against. So all of these things could definitely play a huge role. And we did improve the pass rush into the off season. So I feel like they can definitely have a good coming out
1: party. And it's interesting that you mentioned hurricane there because there is a chance dial might have to start come Sunday, because again, like we mentioned early in the show, DeForest Buckner has missed two straight practices with a hip issue. Don't know what that is. I, I haven't heard anything if it's serious or anything, or if it should, or if it should hold him out Sunday, but there is an aspect where Dio could see a lot of snaps on Sunday. He could even start Sunday. That's another worry because he's probably going to be going up against their Pro Bowl right guard, Brandon Scherf, who's been a great offensive line his entire career, was in Washington, came over to Jacksonville. He's been a Pro Bowler. That's another thing that he's their best lineman, okay? I like that. I like our matchup. Yannick Ngakwe and Quidi versus Cam Robinson and juwan taylor i like that matchup because i don't think they're the greatest tackles in the world which again last week yannick and went up against laramie tunsel some might even suggest he's a top five left tackle in the league why the hell is he in houston i don't know but some might suggest that maybe even top 10 otherwise left tackles are hard to find as we know i want to i I'm, I'm worried about the middle Okay. I'm worried about the middle run game. I'm not too worried about, but man, Jacksonville can run the ball too. Let's not forget that, but pressure up the middle. Trevor Lawrence has a good feel for the pocket, good pocket awareness that if it, if it collapses, he can step up and make a play. If DeForest Buckner's not there, who's there to make a play if, if he Lawrence is stepping up. So that's another aspect of it that I'm worried about. So Again, Jacksonville, man. I don't know what it is down there. I don't know. I don't know why we can't beat them lately in there. But I'm hoping everything leading up to Sunday, that will change. Something also significant. My son. He's injured. Marcus. Michael Pittman is dealing with an injury. Okay. He's dealing with an injury. Limited participant, did not participate today, Thursday. There is, and obviously, Alec Pierce is dealing with concussion symptoms. There's another aspect to that. Those two, our top two wide receivers, could potentially miss. Now, it's not, nothing's official yet. So I'm going to take this both ways. Okay. If they, even if Michael Pittman plays, okay, I feel really good. I feel really good about our chances to win this game. Like I said, the edge rush, pass rushing, I feel good about Michael Pittman in this offense. I feel good about. Tweeted it on Sunday. Get the ball in 11's hands, good things will happen. I've been tweeting it since 2020. Good things will happen when you get the ball in 11's hands. So I feel good about, you know, where this offense could be. Again, last week, 529 yards of total offense. I will take that every single day of the week. The drop touchdowns, I can't have. So. That that's just another uh, another aspect to it that hopefully we get it cleaned up. And there was a nice little uh quote from Reggie Wayne earlier today. I believe Zach Kiefer uh, tweeted that uh, tweeted that. It was a really nice, really nice um, quote on there talking about you know maybe the mental lapse that Alec Pierce had dropping the touchdown pass, and now that you've gotten that out of the way, now you can focus on playing ball. So that was a good uh good advice from a Hall of future Hall of Famer such as Reggie Wayne. Marcus let's just let, let's focus on the aspect Michael Pittman plays okay let's just say he plays on Sunday how do you feel what what, what is your general feel for the offense and how they could possibly perform perform Sunday
2: I, um I feel great if he, if he plays but I think it's more of him being on the field but I have problems and concerns with other positions that's not Michael Pittman wide receiver position we're going to need the tight ends to step up this game more than anything, in my opinion, because they can be a huge asset to Matt Ryan and his performance because we've seen Kyler Granson and Molly Cox, what they did, drive it down the field in the second half. And Kyler Granson dropped the ball, but we know that Colin Granson is probably one of Matt Ryan's favorite targets, just looking for week one. But if they can input their game with Michael Pittman Jr. being on the field, it opens up the offense to even more And the passing yards that we had can be increased. And they can be more of a threat moving forward down the season because we're going to need them to step up in a lot of these games. And then Michael Pittman Jr. seeing the field.
1: Oh, man, I think we think cut out for a quick second there. But uh, I I feel you. I feel you. I've been talking about the tight end position maybe the last two years, how that needs to be a constant uh, production there. It, we, we need it in this offense if we really want to be elite tight end is where it needs to where it needs to happen and, and again i just always refer to revert back to that decision to prioritize Moali cox with a 3 year 18 million dollar deal when you had guys like tyler conklin you had guys like maybe a oj howard maybe you had guys like a, a cj uzoma out there and you didn't really look their way you went and prioritized mauali cox which always I just didn't like that process. I'll just say that. But uh, that is another aspect to it. Now, when it comes to, obviously, if Michael Pittman is on the field, that opens up a lot of guys because coverage is going to go his way. So it opens up guys like a Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, possibly Alec Pierce, even a Naheem Hines. That opens him up a little bit if he lines up in the slot, if he's catching the ball out of the backfield. That That's always nice. But if he's not on the field, Marcus, if Michael Pittman is not on the field, I think, I think I'm betting on the Jacksonville Jaguars covering in this game. If Michael Pittman doesn't play, I think I'm making that bet. I think they cover because I'm sorry if some people may disagree with this, but without Michael Pittman and maybe even Alec Pierce, let's just say Alec Pierce plays. Can we really walk into Sunday with that belief that, man, Pierce, Campbell, and Doolin can do this? Doolin couldn't even win a jump ball one-on-one downfield last week. He couldn't do that. Pierce Campbell came to the party party late. Alec Pierce is a rookie. There's not much I'm going to put on Alec Pierce's shoulders. So there's just a lot of inexperience and unproven questions. You even mentioned it at the tight end position. Moale Cox hasn't shown that ability to be targeted 15 times in a game and come away with 10 catches. Colin Granton has not shown that Jelani Woods didn't even see any snaps last week. So where is the offense uh, offensive distribution going to go? You can't just use your two lineback or two running backs all day. You can't go Jonathan Taylor 50 runs and, and carries all day. You're going to have to switch it up, and I'm not entirely sure if these guys can handle that yet. So, And I'm hoping they can, but I wouldn't bet on it, honestly. What, what do you think about that? How, how, how is your feeling changing from having Michael Pittman to potentially not having Michael Pittman?
2: Well, if we don't have him, like I said, the tight end unit's going to have to step up. They pretty much don't have a choice. And then it's also going to go to the question is, how are they going to use Naheem Himes more? We know he's going to see the the receiving unit. We know he's going to go out there and catch the football, but without Michael Pittman Jr., how much more are you, and then how are you going to implement that into the game and try to get the more the tight ends more involved? So it's definitely a question of how the tight ends going to be used with Naheem Hams being out there. But I feel like Paris Campbell definitely can take the top off the defense for sure because we know Jacksonville is going to blitz. There's no question; they're going to send a lot of pressure to Matt Ryan. But how are they going to identify the middle of the field and try to take it off with Paris
1: Campbell? That's the real question
2: for me for sure.
1: I'm there with you. I'm there with you. And again, if you're struggling to pass the ball, that's why it's so important for your offensive line to have a bounce back game to be able to run the ball, whether if you're giving it to Jonathan Taylor 30 times, Naheem Hines 10 times, Deion Jackson 8 times, the offensive line is going to have to have a day regardless if Michael Pittman plays or he doesn't, if Alec Pierce suits up or he doesn't. This game is going to be about I, I believe it's going to come down to the offensive line if they protect Matt Ryan and if they're able to get penetration and open up some lanes for our running backs. That's where I think the game is going to lie on Sunday. So other than that, guys, let's get it. Let's go ahead and get into our. Uh, predictions. It was a little bit of a quick one, but man, we're we're always down for those, man. We're always down for the, some of those quick previews. Obviously, it helps you guys out. Y'all don't have to listen to our voice for an hour. Y'all can just listen to it for thirty minutes. So, uh, Marcus, believe the Colts are favored by four now. Vegas does like Indy pretty well. Usually, the home team gets a three-point swing, but now it's the Colts minus four, so it's been a seven-point swing. So, just like last week. Vegas likes Indy big. Right now, without knowing if Buckner, Pittman are playing, where are you going with this game? What 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 prediction do you got?
2: Colts 20, Jaguars 13. I was going to say 16 to the Jaguars, but I feel like special teams might have a better outing this week than they did last week. More disciplined. So 20, 2013.
1: Yeah, right now I have it up right now. Because of the injury uh, worries, ESPN has it a little bit more shifting towards Jacksonville now. So I just wanted to double check. It has swung a little bit. For me, man. Say it again. What was your prediction?
2: It was 20
1: to 13. 20 to 13. Okay. I thought I heard 23 to 13. Okay. 20 to 13. Man. I think as long, I hate to bring this up, but I think as long as Frank Reich kicks the field goal inside the five, I think we'll be okay. As long as he just takes the damn points, I think he'll be okay. Because again, that decision-making is worse than the play calling. And the play calling is very, very good. Okay. The play calling is going to have to get these guys open. The scheme within everything is going to have to get these guys open the decision-making is what has to be better. So if he's able to do that run game, it's able to be effective, the offensive line, defensive line, if they're able to dominate without Michael Pittman and possibly DeForest Buckner, I like our chances. It's going to be the first game against for Jacksonville at home. I'm going to go and This one's still hard for me, Marcus, uh, but damn, man, I, think i'm gonna go with jacksonville on this one i think i'm gonna go with jacksonville uh indy just hasn't shown it they just they, they they just haven't shown it for eight years haven't shown the ability to show up to jacksonville ready to play uh they failed to show up to houston last week ready to play so i am kind of conflicted whether to give them the benefit of the doubt anymore going into a game they should win so i'm gonna take jacksonville uh 27 to 24 i'm gonna go jacksonville because again at this point i can't back this team up if they don't show me if they don't give me goods to back it up i mean all this is one thing but at the end of the day what does that scoreboard say hasn't looked well for indy for the last few games so i'm gonna go with jacksonville 27 24 marcus is going with indy You know, we see a little bit of difference on this one. Always good to have some different different opinions. What do you say? All right, where are you going with this game? What do you think an important key to the game is for the Colts to come out of Jacksonville and break the Jacksonville curse? All right, we've moved on from week one. What does it take to break the Jacksonville curse? Let us know down in the comments section below. Let us know what you're thinking, what your predictions are, and make sure you are subscribed to the Blue Stable and make sure to hit that notification bell anytime you are notified anything drops on the Blue Stable website as well. So other than that, Marcus, man, any other closing remarks?
2: Uh, no, man, just when Colts, win. Uh, pass rush, show up. Uh, if there's cha- a chance of a hurricane, bring him out there. I'm pretty sure I got faith in him more than anybody else. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Yannick and what Paris Campbell can do this year for sure with it's game.
1: Maybe even Nick Cross. Nick cross. Okay. I'm, I'm a little worried on how Jacksonville will attack Julian Blackman. Cause I think they'll probably see him as a liability coming off an Achilles, but do that at your own will. Y'all Doug Peterson, do that at your own will. So other than that, guys, this has been another fun episode of the blue stable podcast on YouTube. If you're already subscribed on Apple podcast, Spotify, Good. You're doing it right. If you're not make sure you hit that subscribe button on those platforms where you get your uh podcast all the time. Other than that, he is Marcus. Culture Shock. I am Michael Pevia. We will be back at it with you guys on Sunday for a hopefully a post game W. All right. Let's let, let let let's, you know, bring some positive energy that day and uh if we lose, hey, Bryce Young season, right? Marcus
2: Yes, sir. Bryce Young. Let's get
1: him. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Well, Sam is season, too. Uh, okay, yeah. Let's go ahead and wrap the show <laughs> up. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Guys, thank you again for listening, and y'all have a good weekend, a safe weekend. All right, best of luck to all the high schools out there performing and competing. All right, y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all Sunday.